guys, we are back. Um, we're really excited to talk to Kenny Florian today. How are you doing, Kenny? Good, man. How are you? Great, great, man. Just a dreary New England day. How where, Whereabouts are you again? Nice, man. Uh, that, that Those are my old stomping grounds. Um, uh, from Boston originally, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina now. Okay, perfect. Yeah. How are you, how are you liking it out there? Uh, it's been great, man. I, I, I've been loving it. Um, I moved from Los Angeles, um, I guess, October 2020. Uh, hung out in South Carolina for a little bit. Uh, me and my family were trying to figure out where we were going to move to. Uh, and it was basically between uh, Tennessee and North Carolina. Uh, and uh, I, Charlotte won out. <laughs> it seems like the move to make. Everybody's heading. Everybody's heading south. I know. I'm gonna. I'm looking at moving to Nashville or something like that too. Yeah, so. that was the other like, candidate. Yeah, I. You know, I think um, the the beauty of of the United States, I think, in a lot of ways, is that each state kind of has their own you know, not only own culture, but own, own way of doing things. And, um, you know, you always have the ability uh, to move, um, you know, of course, you know, get, it depends on what kind of job you have. And, you know, there was nothing necessarily tying me to Los Angeles and, you know, we were going to have a, a second kid. So um, we wanted to be a little bit closer to home and, and be in a, in a place that we thought was more conducive to, um, you know, having a family and, and, having a little bit more freedom, a little bit more space. And, um, you know, LA has, it seems like it's only gotten crazier. I have a lot of friends that are still there that are, um, you know, say it hasn't, it definitely hasn't gotten better. It's, it's probably gotten worse. So um, it, it was something that I think a lot of people saw coming. Um, and I didn't want to put myself or my family in that situation. Um, and, you know, it was just kind of going to hell and it was, it was very, very apparent. Uh, as as the person on this panel who is still in LA, let me tell you, it has gotten so much worse since October twenty twenty. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you made the right call. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great things about LA, man. You know, it, it's 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 beautiful, the weather, everything. But um, yeah, you know, and we were in Venice, um, and it's a place that you know isn't isn't cheap, but you know, homelessness and crime and all that stuff just kind of was um, going to kind of insane levels and, you know, walking my daughter around the neighborhood and, you know, seeing, seeing a, uh, an adult poop on the sidewalk or, you know, tweak on drugs probably wasn't the best situation. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, I was in Santa Monica last, last summer and it was, it was interesting. It wasn't how I remembered it. I had visited once before and it did yeah. seem like it had degraded a little. I don't think the news is being too, uh, dramatic with that it does seem to be falling fast i yeah. mean i i will never forget i had a friend of mine from st louis visit like years like years ago now and i was i was living in hollywood at the time and this is like i'm telling you two blocks away from those blocks that are just like the tent encampments yeah exactly <laughs> he, he comes in and his first reaction after seeing that was honestly the organization of your homeless community is truly admirable. The way they're <laughs> built out, like they, they, that's their street. You don't, right. You don't go on that street. And it's, I mean, it's, it breaks my heart, like walking by it and seeing it. And, and it's yeah. only gotten worse. I mean, yeah. I saw a lot over the weekend, especially the LA train system, the way a lot of these, the trains are getting stopped and looted. I saw one 
train because there were so many boxes and packages that had been like taken off and put onto the railway. It had essentially kicked it off. And now this train was driving on two, two rails. And the, my only thought is there's literally another train coming the other way. How, like, we need to stop this train right now. Like what is going on? Like, no, no train experience thinking I know what's right. going on. <laughs> yeah. exactly. But of course, yeah, no, it's crazy, man. You know, I, I think um, it, it's it's wild in that you have this beautiful place, and you have you know obviously this huge contrast. I mean, there's so much money in Los Angeles, in California in general, right? But there is this great contrast with um, a tremendous amount of poverty, and you know, it not a a problem that is easily solved. Obviously, you know, um, way above my capabilities anyway, but. Um, you know, everything from, you know, uh, certain government policies that are allowing for this to happen, but also, you know, the increasing um, cost of homes and rent and all these things, which, you know, um, at at, uh, at the fiat level is, is only getting worse now. And, um, you know, and, and of course, obviously you have, you know, the, the, the environmental issues with, you know, drugs and family and all that stuff, which are degrading um, as we go. But um, yeah, it's, it's a horrible situation. And at the end of the day, when I was looking at it, it's like, you know, I'm paying all these taxes to live here and all this money to be in this place. And if it's not a safe place to be, and it's not as beautiful as it once was, what am I doing here? Why am I, you know, putting my family in harm's way? And it just seemed like it was an unnecessary thing. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, candidly, I'm, I'm glad we made the move, you know? Yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I've known some people that to get that same feel, I mean, they either hop over to Florida or they kind of just continue on South into Mexico, which is like, would be quite different, but I, it just makes me wonder if the United States shouldn't be just broken up into smaller <laughs> countries because we're all right. so different. And this central planning has been a disaster of this country and the states don't seem to exercise. It's like they can't exercise the amount of, I guess, outside regulation that they need to, to change, to be, to, to manage their small <laughs> empires. Right. You I mean, see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think it's I think I think it's really that they were trying to central plan this whole huge country where people are very different cities are very different geographies like everything. It's just too it's just falling apart. <laughs> it, it is. I, I think it, it's hard to just distinguish right now. Like um, it, it is I, in I some think ways, you know, it, the. I guess the arguments back and forth are still there, but as far as, you know, how both political parties are operating for me it's hard for me to distinguish um you know who they are and what they're trying to do in some ways and you realize that you know it's either that way for a reason um or um they're just all compromised and, and it's certainly that or a combination of all those things but you know when you look at that you realize you know they're they're just not to be trusted and and there's there needs to be other ways of doing things and you have to do anything you can within your power to create the life that that you can um and um but expecting people who are elected to take care of things for you or to make things better 
um, it's, it seems like it's, um, it's, it's not possible these days anyway. I don't know. Maybe it never was, but it, it's, it seems like it's something that um, is particularly difficult now. And it seems like, I mean, the one thing that we've been unified around as long as I can remember is crises and they seem to be exacerbated in this country to almost unify people around the government as a solution. And so what happens is we end up using them as a crutch and leaning on them more and more when reality is a lot of these problems, you know, certainly the pandemic, people would have been better off if they had taken more more responsibility for themselves and their bodies and their own education. Um, I'm not saying anything <laughs> too inflammatory here, I hope, yeah, but I just, I just right. feel like a little more self-sovereignty among people and a little less trust would, would do a lot to help society. <laughs> yeah. I, I hope, you know, and, and this is probably, you know, um, globally, you, you hope that this is happening, but yeah, I think, you know, this was another one of those situations where I think it exposed the inadequacy of government and governmental policies uh, in a lot of ways of like it, everything you guys have been doing, it's not working. Um, so and, and granted, not 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 easy in, in some ways, but, you know, I think a lot of things have been exposed as far as, you know, how it's been a money grab and how a lot of these things have been um you know failing um from the beginning <clears throat> i'll uh i'll chime in on frank like i know i stand on the other side of this spectrum um as far as like i've i viewed myself very progressive i was a, a staunch progressive for about four or five years and for me it was actually 2020 in particular the way gavin newsom handled and continues to handle this pandemic whatever we want to call it and for me, it was the perfect example of you have progressive policies in place that on paper should help this state, should help its citizens, should help this community. And unfortunately, we have the wrong person in charge who, instead of helping out the citizens, turned around and gave no bid contracts to all of his big donors, who continues to maintain this emergency authority. Now we're coming up on two years of emergency power for Gavin Newsom. Like, as much as I want to believe like to, to your point, Kenny, like, yes, I definitely fell into that trap of someone out there. Some, some of these elected officials should be smarter than me and should at some degree be able to fix my problems and watching Gavin Newsom absolutely shit the bed has just w at least woke me up to the reality that no, in fact, these elected politicians are genuinely dumber than me. So, yeah, I, I think it's that. And it's, and it's corruption too. It's like, you know, my, my, my family's from Peru. And yeah, I remember my, my parents always talking about all the corruption that went on in Peru, which is why they, you know, my, my dad came here for medical school and, and for training and stuff like that. But um, they would kind of always point the finger at Peru and how corrupt the governments are and South American, Latin America in general. Um, and it, it was just so apparent, but it, it's now becoming apparent here. And, uh, you know, I think we're, we're just kind of better at hiding it. And, you know, we've come to believe that like, hey, you know, these politicians are 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 legit. They're here to help. Like they don't need to do this. You know, they're they're here to help the country and all this stuff. And, and they're they're smooth talkers and they say all the right things. So we believe them. But when you start seeing failure after failure and 
you know, you realize, you know, the proof is in the pudding and you're seeing all these policies, um, you know, waste away and, you know, you see a, a culture or a city or whatever start to disintegrate. It's, you know, you, you start to realize that um, it, it's just not the way there needs to be other things. There needs to be a whole reconstruction of the system in general, because it doesn't matter who you put in there and almost on what side. Um, I, I think there's some a, a few decent politicians out there. I'm not painting, uh, uh, you know, uh, this whole negative picture for everybody, but I do think that the system itself is corrupt. Um, there are vulnerabilities um, everywhere, and um, they 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 can all be bought. That's that's the problem. You really you hit the you hit a great point, which is like the corruption. We did a very good job at hiding, and I think the reason we hit it for so long is it's not just the politicians who are in on it. Like you have the media that's in on it. You have the right. That, like it's so, it's so there's so many pieces that are all involved and I'm going to share this story and kind of like put Alex and our producer, Chris, a little bit on the spot. Um, so like a few weeks ago, we were all in Nashville for company get together, all hands, everyone in Nashville working together. And one night we were sort of kicking it and I brought up the, the new Adam McKay movie, Don't Look Up. And like, I don't think Alex had seen it. I don't, I think Chris, you had watched a brief bit of it and you were like, I don't know, it wasn't that great. And like, we started watching it together and I don't think the two of them laughed more in an hour span in like, I don't know how long. <laughs> Like I, I felt so bad. Like I was falling asleep and we were watching in my room. I'm, I'm not going to turn this movie. Like they're enjoying it so much. I can't turn it <laughs> off. Um, but over the weekend, someone posted something and I posted on my Twitter as well, where don't look up does a very good job of kind of showcasing the horrors of how media manipulates news on both sides of the spectrum. And you watch it happen with a story that is literally as clear as day. And I was explaining to my dad, all you, all these people had to do is look up at the sky and you can make the judgment for yourself. And the media played with your head enough to not do that. Someone took a screenshot of every single mainstream media outlet, like real main, like MSNBC, CNN, Fox, all of them shitting on don't look up. And it posed the question of, do they really not like it? Or do they really not like the fact that this movie highlights and showcases the fact that they're the ones at fault here? that they're the ones that cause a lot of these issues. So, so, well, dude, look what's happening with Joe Rogan right now. Like Joe Rogan's getting eaten <laughs> up by every single person. Why? Yeah. Because more people listen and watch Joe Rogan's podcast than any of those news outlets now. And it's like, well, of course. And I don't know, man. It's just, uh, it's all, it's you- all coming out. It, it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see. that's another that's another really good instance of like this central planning problem like the mainstream media where they try to i mean their game is like a power play it's like a control play they're in bed with all the other industries you know and this grassroots sort of like podcasting decentralized network of regular people pretty much i mean joe rogan pretty exceptionally talented in a few areas but outside of that i mean his his broadcasting and, and and podcasting started from grassroots, right? Just, yeah, just absolutely. in a room, just hanging out, talking, and uh, people have come to enjoy that more. It's more. It's it's not only for the disaffected. It's become a real. It's become a real show. Hundred percent. I I think it's it's grown organically because I think of Rogan's authenticity and and you know he certainly had 
you know, an audience um, before that, you know, he did, you know, news radio and fear factor. And he, you know, was an excellent commentator with the UFC and stuff, but like there was way more popular people than Joe Rogan, you know, but now look, Mm -hmm. I think it's, people are connecting to the authenticity. People are, are connecting to the fact that he's getting really interesting conversations going and it's not always, you know, him agreeing and it's not always him getting people on that he connects with. um, And he's giving, different perspectives and um it's been amazing to see how it's grown and how powerful he has become in a lot of ways and the other thing you know that's really cool it's like you know joe was talking about something he said something that was not accurate about COVID 19 or something and and you know people were shitting on him and the first thing he did was go out and admit he's like i, I was wrong he's like sorry i was totally wrong came out immediately about it and admitted it you know he's not perfect and neither of us are but you know when have we really seen that from you know cnn or msnbc or fox or wherever where they're like hey sorry we gave you we gave you inaccurate information or we did you know to see that i think that just makes them that much more relatable and likable and um i don't know i thought that was pretty cool well, I it think- goes a lot further with the people than like cover ups. I mean, <laughs> I think yeah. it, knowing right. there's a path to redemption, extending that path to others gives you some some wiggle room to use it yourself. Because, you know, we're on here. I mean, me and Q are talking for a couple hours a day and we say some stuff that's just plain inaccurate sometimes. Sure. And I think we're both willing to admit it. Like someday Q is going to apologize for holding shit coins and it's going to be glorious. <laughs> it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> he just dropped you just dropped it with a body shot yeah, yeah. that was good, that was good. <laughs> all right you won this round I, I, i'm not even gonna, i'm not even gonna fight back you win this round <laughs> uh, it happens it happens it happens man yeah so <laughs> where, where where does bitcoin fall into solving some of these problems kenny in your Gosh. eyes i mean what what's the hope you see for it Oh, man. Well, I, I think you're asking a real deep question. I, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. But what I do know is that, you know, when you have and I'm not the first one to say this, but I think w- when you have at the base layer, when you have uh, a money that is corrupt and that is supposed to be the thing that is spo- supposed to um, espouse value to the things that we do or the things that we have or the things that we're supposed to buy. And when you start to lose that truth or that clear signal, um, everything else kind of, uh, goes to shit because of that, you know, when that, when that signal that's supposed to signify, um, value, um, is degraded or, or when it's being corrupted, then of course everything from there is going to get corrupted as well. Now people are going to be trying to cheat the system right back, you know? Um, And I think it has this cascading effect to everything and it spreads out into anything and everything that it can, unfortunately. Um, So with Bitcoin, of course, you have this exact amount, you have this truth, you have this, um, you know, authentic system that is built on, uh, defense that is built on, um, not on trust, but certainty. And how many things do we have that's like that in today's world? You you just don't. And it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not run by anyone. It's not controlled by anyone. It is global. 
uh, it is secure. You know, th- there's there's so many aspects about it that um, give it validity. And I think that, you know, if if and when um, a BTC standard is um, is taken up, I, I think it, it it's going to lead to a lot of positive things. There, there's, um, you know, so much as far as, you know, of what we've seen with, you know, the current system and how fiat is being manipulated that um, is basically, you know, creating this cancer in politics, business, um, culture, um, you know, nationwide, citywide, statewide. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's coming at the right time. And I think we're starting to see that transition. And, you know, I was talking about this before, but, um, you know, it's almost like, it's a way for people to kind of enter this new realm. It's like the fiat world is happening over here and you have this ability to kind of step into a whole different world when it comes to Bitcoin. Um, and we're, we're seeing that now and it, and it couldn't have come at a, at a better time, which is amazing when you think about how it was developed um, and how this was almost foreseen, right? It was like this process of where we're at, it, it was inevitable. It was going, it wasn't if it's going to happen, it was when it was going to happen. And the fact that we actually have this system that we can enter into this new realm, if you will, um, it's, it's pretty amazing. My fellow clubs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through the 9th is the ultimate pilgrimage for the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Bitcoin conference is the biggest event in all of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're leveling up and making this bigger and better than ever. I'm talking straight to the moon with the four day long festival in the heart of Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This has something for everyone. Whether you're a high-powered Bitcoin entrepreneur, a core developer, or a Bitcoin newbie, Bitcoin 2022 is the ultimate place for you to be with your people and celebrate and learn about the Bitcoin culture. So make sure to go to b.tc forward slash conference to lock in your official tickets and use promo code Satoshi for 10% off. Want more off? Pay in Bitcoin and you'll receive $100 off general admission and $1,000 off whale pass. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. So what do you think about uh, when you see athletes as great as, you know, Francis Ngannou coming out and saying, you know, I see this, I see Bitcoin helping my people, my family in Africa. I want to be paid in Bitcoin. I mean, how exciting is that? It's beautiful, man. You know, and and I know that Francis has had his, um, you know, discussions or arguments with the UFC over his value, right, of like what he feels he's worth. And and I believe he's getting into this championship fight this weekend um, on the last fight of his contract. So he's betting on himself. And I think that's kind of what Bitcoin is all about as well. It's like, you know, you you, you have skin in the game. You're betting that this is going to be the system that takes over. Um, him uh, being from Africa and seeing how, you know, the monetary policies in the various countries have gotten completely out of control due to corrupt politicians everywhere. 
um, he realizes that this is their one saving grace. This is not only his ability to preserve his value, uh, but also for a way for him to kind of give back and be a part of this revolution that is happening uh, in Africa, which uh, I think is is really beautiful. Um, and, you know, it, 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 no matter what job you have, you, you certainly want to get something and get um, – some kind of number or have some kind of value that you know can you can preserve over time but i think for fighters especially i mean what what's your body worth what's your brain worth and when you're talking about heavyweight mixed martial arts dude like one punch could change your life like you could be a little bit slower than you were yesterday just because <laughs> of one shot that you took and it's it's not an exaggeration to say that i mean i've i used to not believe that uh, and I, then people will be like, well, did you see that dude at the boxing gym? Like he's way slower than he used to be. He's not, yeah. you can't really understand. I'm like, well, that's boxing that you can only get hit to the head, not MMA, bro. Like you can grapple and you don't get hit as much. And you're like, no, nah, man, like <laughs> people are learning how to punch really hard with four ounce gloves. And uh, like, and then I started seeing it with guys that I came up with where I'm like, he sounds different. He's, he's not the same kind of dude. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's scary, man. Like, so again, what is that worth? Like, you know, you, you can't fight forever, you know? And, you know, it's like you, you have all that money in the world, but now you're eating like filet mignon smoothies because you can't chew your food or something, you know, it's so as far as Bitcoin goes, like if I have a choice to get paid and I'm, my body is on the line, I want it to be Bitcoin too. Yeah, I would want it to be <laughs> in Francis Ngannou's case. A lot I mean, of Bitcoin. No, a lot of Bitcoin. <laughs> this man deserves it. And it's not like, yeah. I think people sometimes think these fighters are just like asking, seeing what they can get more and more. It's like, no, what's the market cap of the UFC? Like they, there's money right. to be had. There's money right. for these fighters. <laughs> I don't know where it's going, but sure. Um, yeah, they're definitely worth a lot more in terms of the entertainment value they provide and you're absolutely right i mean i remember i mean just after like my last fight me or my opponent we were texting after the fight we couldn't walk for like two three days we're all <laughs> fucked up like <laughs> yeah but you know, and then it's easy for like me uh, you know as like um you know whether a promoter or whatever be like hey man that's just the way it goes and like you know like and that's true like you entered into this willingly but at the same time mm -hmm. it's like man like you are sacrificing a lot of yourself to do it. So when you do make it to the highest level, you know, just like football or whatever, some of the major sports that are worth billions of dollars as well, you should be able to see that money too. Like, you know, how much money are you bringing into the equation? And, you know, not everyone is Conor McGregor, certainly, right? But, um, you know, when you're talking about being the champion and the heavyweight division and the, and the biggest most profitable organization in the world. Yeah, they should and be getting paid. robbed. Yeah, they should be paid. <laughs> getting, well. Yeah. I want to, I want to, yeah. I'm going to interject if I can really quickly on something you just said, uh, Kenny, but there's, <laughs> there's almost this like makeup in the fiat system where like when the promoter says to you, well, this is the way it is. If you don't want it, I got a stable of other fighters. We're going to come up next. Yep, I, yep, I used to work in Hollywood. I was complaining that I got minimum wage with a college degree and HR. You don't want it. That's fine. I, you see the stack of resumes. Right. Like Someone's going to come take your job if you don't want that. And it's, I'm telling you, throw it in the comments, people. Like what is your, what is in your industry? What is that tagline where it's like, if 
this is the way it is. This is the way we've done it. If you don't like it, like move on. This is a mm-hmm. definite thing within the fiat system, a fiat mindset where we just continue to circulate through. This is the way it is. We're not changing. Move on. 100%. I think, um, yeah, I think like from what I saw, just like, I don't know, living and training with fighters day and night, it was just like, it was almost an attitude. They just embrace it and they just cope by saying like, oh, we're tough. This is what we do. Like we're, we're poor. This is what we do. You know, we take our, you know, our welfare check, we keep fighting and it's like, well, you know, there's other battles to be had here. And I think like the more productive one, <clears throat> rather than tweeting at Dana White is just promoting education among fighters. Like, look, this is how money works. Mm-hmm. Just you got to be able to admit that you don't know because most people don't. You were, we were all miseducated. We all misunderstood what's going on with the with the dollar. And uh, there's an alternative, and you can exit out of that. you can exit out of that currency and and do very well for yourself in Bitcoin. Hundred percent, and and like you know even further to the, the culture of it when you get it too. It's like cool. Well, now you're the champ now. So now, you know, buy your eight cars and buy the biggest house you can and, you know, do this. And you realize, oh shit, I I don't have any anymore. Now I got to do that again. And, you know, it's like Bitcoin is saving, you know, Bitcoin is, is putting that money in for the future and, um, and, and preserving it for the future. And uh, I I think once people really see it and see the beauty of it and, um, you know, understand it. it's just, it, it's, it's amazing. And even from like a fighting perspective, um, Bitcoin comes from the perspective of defense first in a lot of ways, right? It's like, first it's, it, it is a money. It is a, um, it is a system that is incorruptible. Like you cannot go out there and, and manipulate it. And people, that makes people uncomfortable, which is insane. It's like, Oh, okay. So that makes you uncomfortable that there's something that isn't uh, managed by the government. You're like, well, give me a bunch of examples where the government has made a lot of great choices when it comes to uh, policies that involve everybody. Like, you know, like it's, it doesn't really work that way. And it's almost like if you had a business or for everyone who has a business out there, what happens when you detach yourself from that business and you allow like people who don't own the business to run it? Like what, what happens to your business? What do you think is going to happen to your business? They don't care about the business because it's not their business. So like the only person that's going to care about your things the way that you want is you. So um, I I think that it's something that is so needed and is, is often misunderstood. And, you know, I think there's, there's crypto and there's Bitcoin and people kind of put it into the same equation just because, again, based on what they've read in, in, in mainstream media, they they think, you know, Bitcoin is just like everything else and they it's Doge and it's whatever. And it's kind of funny. Yeah. How do you how do you deal with those differences in your own life? Are there are there people close to you that come to you with questions? Is your kind of pretty public Bitcoiner? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I've. I've been lucky enough and I've had the honor and pleasure of talking to, you know, not only UFC fighters, but friends and stuff about Bitcoin and, you know, kind of my, my, my big wins are getting those people to come on board. And, you know, again, people think it's like, oh, well now you're going to make out like a bandit because you got those 10 people to like, that does not affect the price of Bitcoin, dude. Like I could give a shit. Like I, I, I've been in Bitcoin for a while. I don't care. Um, I, I want people to have, you know, people that I care about to have, 
the best money possible and have the best future possible. That that's why I want them to learn about Bitcoin because people don't know what the hell they're talking about. And there's there's just very few experts out there in the world. That's one thing. As you get older, you'll realize more and more. Um, and as you read more and more, and you have these journalists that are talking about this or that, especially if you're, you know, um, you know, known in your field or you know about a certain thing, and you're you're reading about something, you're like this is so far away from the truth or from how it is. You're like, this is ridiculous. Anyway, um, you know, I, I think. Um, you know, getting people on board is one of the coolest things uh, that I think uh, I've, I've done and getting them to realize and having them go on their own search for that truth and, and to gain their own knowledge. I think the best kind of teaching is when you're able to trick someone into believing they taught themselves that. <laughs> so it's like getting them to and to get them to have that intellectual curiosity about that thing that they're inquiring about. I think that is that is a skill in and of itself, um, um, because I think that's when the le best learning takes place is when you you kind of believe that you taught yourself that. Um, and I think most of those things happen, I think, with a, a conceptual framework. When you're able to get that conceptual framework and understand the concepts, you can kind of run with it and then kind of teach yourself that. And getting some of those concepts of what Bitcoin is all about, separating money from state or, you know, having the ability to preserve your future or um, having a money that is not um, that doesn't uh, have leakage, that uh, cannot be manipulated and corrupted and all those, things. you know, kind of hammering that home, I think, is, is crucial for people to understand. And knowing that, you know, money has evolved and this is a major, major step in that evolution. And so for you, did you did you come into it for a number go up? Were you on a search? Was there was there a problem you were trying to solve when you found Bitcoin, or how did how did you get into it exactly? I'll be completely honest with you. I definitely got into it because number go up. Like that was the first thing. I was like, well, it went just went down. Let, all right, I'm, this is my time to kind of get into it. I'm just going to see what. And I was certainly intrigued by you know the separation of money and state thing. Like I was like, well, maybe this is a thing, but. Probably not a thing, but maybe I can make some money along the way. Uh, and then what happens, you know, just like happened to me for jujitsu or mixed martial arts, you see something beautiful, you're not quite sure what it is, and then it kind of gets its hooks in there and it kind of reels you in, and then you kind of learn a little more and you get those little explosions in your brain, and it's like, whoa, it does that. Oh, that's cool. And you get more of those and more of those and more of those. Um, and yeah, it just, um, it, it, it kind of brought me down the rabbit hole, like so many Bitcoiners and, and, and it does it kind of little by little. And then, you know, you make these leaps and bounds and understanding and, um, it, it, um, it spreads into all aspects of your life. Again, a lot like jujitsu did it's, it's almost, you start to see the world differently. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's pretty beautiful. Bitcoin isn't just one thing. That's the thing that I think makes it so beautiful. What also, it's also what makes it so difficult to understand. So there is that paradox there, I think. There, I, I wonder for you, I mean, for me, especially in jujitsu, there are times, maybe just like certain weeks or, or even just specific practices where I'm just kind of in awe not necessarily discouraged but just in awe of how much more there is that i just don't know just about this one sport that most people have never had any interaction with there's just yeah it's 
it's endlessly complicated. And I feel similarly about Bitcoin. Sometimes I'm just taken aback by even for how long I've been doing this, just how much more like I'll never get to the end of it. There's never a point where it's just like, okay, I have achieved mastery of of, of Bitcoin and money. I, I understand it all. I don't I don't think that point comes for anyone. It's a whole realm in and of itself. It's a whole new world um, that follows different rules. Now, there, there are rules, um, which I think w- which gives it a certain amount of security and certainty. But there's also that other aspect that makes it um, new territory, which allows for evolution. If it is too fixed or if you over-systematize something to the point where every little aspect um, is addressed then you know you're 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 integrating too much complexity into the system and because of that you almost open up those um those vulnerabilities like you cannot possibly make it so specific because now you just you um allow for so many attack vectors and it's a lot like jujitsu in so so many ways if you get too into these little nitty-gritties and your your mind starts to focus on all those things um you know, you can kind of get lost in that process where I think that, you know, when you when you understand the broad concepts and you understand the idea of things and how it works, that I, I think is what gives it its beauty and also what makes it so versatile um, and allows it to solve many problems. You know, you, you could take one concept in jujitsu or in Bitcoin or whatever, and it could address so many different things. Whereas if you get caught into a system, it's limited within that framework. You know, it can only address a certain amount of questions, um, if that makes sense. But it, it, when you understand the broad concept, you can, un, you can answer many, many questions. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I, I kind of like generalize, I guess that, it, you know, in jujitsu, it's like at the end of the day, like you said, don't get lost in, in too many of the details. Remember, this is a fight, like hit and don't get hit. Exactly. You know, win. Right. Take, take, take the back. Don't get your back taken. Um, you know, what would, what would the, I guess, broader concept in Bitcoin be in your eyes. Uh, I know for me, I, I see it as a savings technology. It's it's my property. It's my sovereign property. It's, uh, yeah, it's just my, it's my unit of account. I just accumulate more of it. That's the whole game. Yeah, totally. I, I think I definitely see it in those terms. Um, and I think that that should be clear to a lot of people. I, I think what makes it so cool is the fact that to, to your point, it's, it's really the only property that we can own um, that is truly ours and that can't be taken away from us, that can't be bullied away from us. So from, you know, that aspect, I think that makes it really beautiful. Um, you know, someone who is, let's say, a better fighter than me or a more dangerous guy can't like be like, Kenny, I'm, I'm taking your home. I'm taking your family. I'm taking your money. I'm, ta- I'm doing this. Um Bitcoin is something that is, it can't be touched. It can't be taken. It can't be, you know, um, unless you're foolish. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I think that's what really makes it really powerful is it, it it's, it's the ultimate defense. And I think, you know, you go all the way back to, you know, Sun Tzu or Musashi, you know, um, having the ability to not be killed, having the ability 
um, to do to defend yourself. And when you come from that aspect of being unkillable or having this thing that cannot be taken away from you, um, it makes everything easier. You know, if I if you were able to take a punch without taking any damage, fighting would be way more chill. <laughs> but it's not that. We know that we can be hurt. We can't. If I go out there. Um, I know that I can be knocked out. I know that I'm vulnerable to attack. I know that I'm, so how do I approach it from a standpoint of, all right, I need to make myself unkillable. And furthermore, I need to make sure that I don't take any damage. And if you figure that out, um, not an easy task in martial arts, but if you're able to figure that out, fighting gets way less scary. And I think the world gets way less scary. Um, I, I was talking about this the other day. People were like, well, what has Bitcoin done for you? And I was like, I take deeper breaths because of it. <laughs> and, and it sounds like, it sounds like <laughs> yeah. something so silly, but like, I don't know. I, I'm not as stressed as my, even like the times where I was making way more money in my life. It was like, th there was always this sense that I was in the, in a rat race. Like there was, there was a monkey on mm -hmm. my back. There was like, ah, like, man, like I'm in this grind. And now with Bitcoin, I feel like I'm so much more at ease. I'm not as, stressed as I used to be. I, I feel way more secure. Um, and, you know, there's been times where, I, especially over the last couple of years where I wasn't working, where I didn't have job security and Bitcoin was like the one refuge or one thing that kind of kept, kept me like, I feel I'm okay. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. I think I used to be like kind of, uh, a similar way I felt like I was in a rat race like I was always like if I wasn't being productive quote unquote or trying to like get ahead I would certainly fall behind um whereas since I've held bitcoin for a while and you know been 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 accumulating it for a little while now I I think I agree I take deeper breaths but I also I feel as if I've bought time itself mm. um you know what I mean on yeah you know, I mean I mean <laughs> yesterday I think I just I I just like drew for like three hours this serves no purpose to anyone outside of myself you know what that's i mean awesome. it was just something i wanted to do but it was just like it was super that's fun awesome. i i enjoyed every minute of it and uh i didn't i don't feel bad about it and i don't feel like i wasted time but the importance of that is like i used to like i would used to feel like that would be it'd be guilty to like take that time for myself but i've you know i've been doing my due diligence stacking away my bitcoin and every once in a while you can you can you know, spend that time and be happy. That's, that's what the Bitcoin's for. <laughs> Dude, I, I think that's beautiful. I, I think, um, you know, now if you replace that in, in our current system where you're already working your ass off and you know, okay, they're saying 7%, but it's probably double that or more as far as inflation. And you know that you need to make at least 15% more than what you're making now just to stay afloat. And that, that's a horrible feeling, man, where it's like every paycheck you, you get, you know, 10, 15, 20% of that is gone, not including taxes. It's like that paycheck that you're getting isn't what you're really getting. Like everything else is getting more expensive, you know, like, um, so it's, uh, it, it's wild out there, man. Like that, that's not a, that's not a good place for people to be. And I think this is what, dude, this is what causes revolutions. And the other thing, that makes bitcoin so freaking amazing is that it is it is a peaceful revolution it is it is the ultimate revolution it is the art of fighting without fighting if you are trying to hit me and i'm like you know neo in the matrix where i'm just kind of like 
<laughs> slip in everything that you're doing, eventually you stop trying to do it. And I just beat you without throwing a freaking punch. Like that's what brought me into jujitsu. And I think this is what brought me into Bitcoin in a lot of ways. It's like you have this ultimate pristine system that is out there and people aren't seeing it yet. And it was the same thing. I got into jujitsu in 97 uh, and I remember learning it and doing it and going, dude, I'm doing magic. Like I know something that very <laughs> few people in the world know and are learning. And I was like a stupid white belt or blue belt. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had more skills than 99.999% of people on earth. And I was like, and like more than like dudes who spent their whole life doing Taekwondo or something. I was more effective oh, as a fighter yeah. than them after like a year of doing jujitsu. And I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I feel like, Bitcoin's kind of in that same spot where it's like people don't even know. They don't even see it. They don't even know yet. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm really happy I'm not the only one that just like walks around and thinks like I'm in the top 99% of <laughs> like human beings. Like just like no one at this store can I, I, I probably sound like <laughs> such a douche when I say that. But like, but no, it's no. true. It's like, it's true. It's, 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 it's that thing. It's that same thing that like, that gives you confidence knowing, Hey, uh, dude, you can kill me with a bullet, all this stuff. Like, but like, I, and I learned all different types of martial arts, you know, all different types weapons and all that, but it, it gives you that peace of mind. Like I was a scared little kid. Like I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but a, a fight scared the shit out of me. Um, but when I started learning jitsu, it gave me more confidence. It put me more mm -hmm. at ease. And Bitcoin does that same thing. It, it's like, no one, you don't get to take my money. You don't get to inflate my money away. I feel good about the money that I'm preserving. And um, um, I'm actually creating value now with the stuff that I can put away. And it's a legit savings account as opposed to some joke savings account in a bank. So uh, I, I think it, it creates that same kind of peace of mind, which is, which is really beautiful. There's, there's certainly no pop-up fines or fees or calls from the head of Bitcoin. <laughs> right. I mean, the, you sleep a lot better holding. I don't. It just makes me feel like my, you know, my close family is just more anti-fragile, you know, just more totally. safe and secure. And I, I just have an easier time not knowing what the future is, but I'm, I'm less uncertain about what that future is. You know, I feel like I have a clear, a clearer path, and I have. Yeah, just bought more time for for myself. Absolutely. I don't know, Q, if you if if you want to chime in, how you're feeling about? I mean, we vote with our dollar. With when we go into Bitcoin, we vote with our dollar. We take USD out of circulation in essence and put it into work in the Bitcoin network. And the more dollars you put towards that, the more resilient that network becomes. The network, the network effect. Like the game theory is, as more people get involved, you can't you can't ignore it. I think we have come to a point already with the Bitcoin network that it's it's too accepted and yet we're still so early. We're still so early and yet you have publicly traded companies on the NASDAQ holding on their balance sheet and it's still early. You have it considered legal tender in a country, but it's still early. You have futures contracts traded in the stock market. You have derivatives contracts now going to be traded on Coinbase. You have the first mining ETF that's going to be launched later this week or I believe next week. But we are still so early and we continue to vote with our dollars by putting fee, whatever fiat you have into the Bitcoin network. That is how we vote for Bitcoin, by putting more into the Bitcoin network. That's Absolutely. 
I also, I wanted to make sure I cited this quote because when you guys were talking about the 99% thing, it reminded me of this George Carlin quote that my brother said over the weekend that is just so damn funny. But when you realize how dumb the average person is and half of the world population is dumber than that, you kind of take a little bit of a deep breath and, and realize everything's going to be okay. My brother said that I, don't I was like, I love that. I love that. I love that, but I, I have a feeling that those are the people who are going to understand Bitcoin before, you know, the high, the, the, those who test well and the very well educated because Bitcoin has the way of finding people who need it first. Mm. In a way of, you know, grabbing people far left and right of the bell curve. People, you know, your average, pretty smart average guy is going to. I always feel like uh, those people tend to overthink it. They go too far. They end up going into the cryptos and the shit coins. They think they can outperform it. Um, and they now have a hard time reeling themselves in. Our generation is stuck in this trap where we believe that the fiat system works because it has always worked. Mm. But the reality is for most of us, like I, I am young enough to never have really seen inflation that we're seeing right now. I've never seen inflation to this level. I'm young enough to also never know what the actual gold standard was like. And there are still people alive today who like remember that first transition to where the US dollar became what people and other not people what other countries were tying their fiat currency to but again our generation is still so young and it's it was ingrained in our head the dollar is king the government backs the dollar and everyone follows the dollar that's just that was normalized for us and it's breaking that and it it takes I think time to Kenny's point earlier when he was talking about how like when you learn something yourself, it sticks with you because you feel you feel obligated. Like if I know if this is like my fact that I'm going to tell at a, a dinner party, I better know it better than everyone else. And, and you're invested in it and you want to learn more and you dive deeper. And before you know it, you're down that rabbit hole and it's there's nothing else to think about other than Bitcoin or whatever it is that you you create an obsession over. Yeah, people you know, we're creatures of habit and we, we, we aren't so welcoming to change, especially drastic change uh, like Bitcoin. And I think that it's going to take time. And like, if things were this easy to understand, everyone would be a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, these are the things that are going to take time the same way the internet, you know, in the beginning was this, you know, revolution, revolutionary thing. Um, you know, it's like no one can function without the internet now. And it's going to be the same thing, um, you know, five, 10 years from now uh, or, or more. It's just um, it's hard for people to to get out of their existing system in a lot of ways. And, and the same thing with like, you know, to relate it back to martial arts. I remember like there was always this huge debate. It's like the karate guys hated all the jutsu guys or anyone who did any kind of stand up art were super threatened by the Gracies and um, a, a mm -hmm. ground uh, fighting system um, because we were taught to believe the baddest dudes on the planet were the dudes who hit you with one punch and, you know, they knock your head off your shoulders or they kill you with a death touch or something like that's what <laughs> most people thought martial arts was. And what made jujitsu um, so cool was that time and time again, they had to prove it. 
They had to show their work. They had to go out and show in a real fight that they were more effective. And I think Bitcoin is getting to that stage. You know, we're now in that, like, you know, we're now that teenager, uh, that pimply teenager that is out there, you know, showing its growth and showing how we're evolving. And, um, you know, when it truly, truly matures and it could happen at any time, um, you know, as far as market cap goes, it's, it's, it's going to change a lot of things and um, something that solves that many problems um, isn't going to be easily understood. And it, it, it like, like you said, Shane, I think it, it rewards those who will go out there and do the work who are going to investigate for themselves what it's all about, what it solves and what it can do. So, are there um, worries that you have that might hinder adoption? I mean, I know I'm certainly interested to see what will happen in the coming months as it appears we're, we're, the bull market is, is pulled back a little bit and maybe we'll yeah. be trading sideways for a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I am thankfully in it for the long term. So I, I don't I don't care about the price myself, but what the price does is uh, make people hesitant in a lot of ways. But I, I think I was way more fearful. And I think for those, you know, allow me to pat everyone on the shoulder here who got in and around 2017 or so, like that was the scariest time for me, you know, when I was already holding Bitcoin and now I see Bitcoin going to 3000 something. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, you know, I, I bought at 14,000, like an idiot too. And is this going to be a thing or not? Like, what the heck's going on? But then going in and, you know, talking to my wife and being like, I'm going to buy more, <laughs> you know, and, it, you know and, 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 and it worked out, but like, that's when Bitcoin was most scary, you know, in a lot of ways, because if you got into Bitcoin super early and you got it in at the cents or like a dollar or whatever, it's like, you know, yeah. you, you were at the right place at the right time. You did it, you know, like, cool. And, and maybe you saw it. I don't, I don't want to dismiss anyone who saw it and saw the potential of it, of course. But for those people who are like, oh, throw in a thousand at five cents. You're like, <laughs> you know, they, they, they killed it. But like, did they really see like where it's going to be now? Like, no, but like, I don't think a lot of those people, not to cut you off, but I think a lot of those people didn't manage to hold it this long. Well, that's what I mean. I mean. I, yeah. I'd love to I, look at the numbers. I wouldn't even, have, I would have been a jackass. I would have sold in like 2014 or something, you know, like, yeah, even Max Kaiser, like the, you know, really old heads. Um, their cost base is like giving two hundred dollars. Like, yeah, yeah. He was like yeah. giving it away to people and he like gave millions of dollars away now. Like, so <laughs> Yeah, well, it used hard. to be, it used to be called hoarding. Like it used to be frowned right. upon to keep the because it was thought that you had to keep the Bitcoin circulating to make right. an economy. It was like a very fiat like mindset of yeah. just like you guys need to go spend or the money's not going to work. <laughs> like right. So now you know, so it's it's hard to see. So now I feel like, man, it's already won. You know, not not to say like this is where it's at and this is you know it's not going to it's going to go up from here. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like when you're seeing this kind of adoption and we're seeing this kind of institutional uh, confidence now, 
and you're seeing, you know, investors in other spaces come in and start to purchase Bitcoin. I think that's a really good sign because they're starting to see the light. They're starting to come into it. I personally would like to see the plebs, you know, I'd like to see the regular, you know, uh, you know, Joe's go out there and start to accumulate and save in Bitcoin. Of course, that's the idea of it. But I mean, this is what Bitcoin was created for, was for anyone and everyone to get in it, is for, you know, governments and businesses and countries you don't like and people you don't like and people you Mm -hmm. do like to get into the game because it's just a better system. And, um, you know, I I think it's happening now. I, I think, I don't know, like the more FUD that is spread, the more I think the answers are coming out little by little it does that make sense it's like the more mm-hmm. people try to poke and prod at it the more bitcoin kind of like bounces right back and like no 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 no, that's not the case it's it, mm-hmm. it's like this and it comes right back and it proves itself again and again in this like like this organic life form that is unkillable and um i, I think it's i don't know i think it's proving itself every day and and we may we may go down again but do we do we go down to nothing? Absolutely not. That time has passed. And yeah. I, I feel like for the time that go, does go down, someone who's been trying to get into the game for billions and billions are going to come in and scoop a lot of things up and it's going to go right back up and it's going to create this, this race. And I think, you know, with other countries um, and governments exploring it as a, a currency, um, I, I think that's that's a huge sign. And once that happens and once like a major player uh, comes into the game and decides to take that up, then um, countries are going to have to follow. And of course we have El El Salvador leading the way, which is a huge step forward. And their success story um, is going to lead to so many other countries and so many other uh, people coming into the game. And I think it's just the beginning. I think we're going to see more countries come into the game. And uh, we're seeing Rio now. You know, I've spent a lot of time in Rio in my life. I lived there for a long time. Um, and, you know, seeing them now accepting Bitcoin. I mean, it's it, it's great. It's wild, man. There is no going back. It's 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 all up from here, man. There, we'll have our roller coaster rides, but, um, I'm, I'm more confident in Bitcoin more than ever, man. I, are there fears out there? Not really. Is it going to go down? Yeah. Are there fears though? Like legit concerns on my end? No. Yeah. My, Oh, go ahead. Q. Well, I just want to touch on like, when you bring up like, you know, Brazil is now doing this, there's moving out of Mexico for certain different uh, Bitcoin legislation. They mm. passed like a, a no COVID requirements whatsoever. And I think El Salvador is that first domino that falls. Every other, especially I think Latin America, Central America is going yep. to be the hub of this. You see one country do it. You see them have even just one success. You don't need to have a lot of success. They just need to have one win. And then all of a sudden people start to look around, people being the other governments in, in that region. And they say, if El Salvador can do it, why can't we? Why can't we replicate this? It's literally what's happening in this country with legalizing sports betting. Everyone in Louisiana- right. Everyone in Louisiana gets to gamble. You know who doesn't get to gamble? Like for a while, it was Texas. So what did everyone in Texas do? They would just drive to Louisiana and Louisiana gets to collect those tax dollars. So then Texas passes the legislation. We're going to, this domino effect, it will happen in Bitcoin and it's going to start in Central America. I'm 
a big proponent, big proponent, big proponent. I want Iran, my homeland, to do a Bitcoin standard. I will gladly work with them in whatever capacity to like make that a reality just because the sanctions that the U.S. government posed on them have pretty much limited any and all ability to like create a an actual viable living situation. Mm-hmm. And again, it goes back to who stands to benefit and who stands to lose the most. We talk about this a lot on this show, Alex, of the the big reason why Bitcoin doesn't get like the mainstream push in the media, why you will never hear anyone from the Fed say, yes, we should, we should start allocating some of your portfolio on Bitcoin is they're, they stand the most to lose if we go off of a fiat standard. So we also have to be thinking about who is spreading that FUD. Every single time you have a, a congressperson or a politician pass whatever FUD, even if we counter that response, the mainstream media is going to pick up that FUD story 10 times better than all of our sort of grassroots outlets can ever do. But it's on us to, again, do that work, take the time to really learn, educate, educate ourselves and educate those that we love and care about because they're going to listen to us first. And if we start to convince them, you convince three people, they convince three more people and the domino effect continues. I did just describe a Ponzi scheme, but minor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think we've learned a lot from the institutional confidence of this year. I think without it, um, we wouldn't be where we are today. We'd be at a couple thousand dollars per Bitcoin as opposed to, you know, $42,000 per Bitcoin, which does make a difference. I mean, I like to say that, like, you should think of Bitcoin on Bitcoin's terms, but in in terms of its like indestructibility and just like broader adoption i think you know the micro strategies the the spacex's and you know tesla and all these all these companies that are buying it up is uh it's a net positive and it really it really does a lot to to calm people's nerves and and allow them to make their own balance sheet just convert that to bitcoin and just and just be be done with it and hold through the apparent volatility when you look through through the fiat lens so it's kind of a a double-edged sword there like you said kenny like bitcoin's also you know it's 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 money for friends and enemies you know there's nothing there's 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 no reason to uh go after go after bukele for who he is he did at least you know one thing right in this space that is he gave people bitcoin and certainly um spread adoption whether or not all of the you know salvadorians will become like true hardened bitcoiners like well probably not but they're 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 more than welcome to and now they have the educational resources and the infrastructure to be you know closer than a lot of other nations um so i think it's i think it's a net positive yeah and alex i think it i think it's um it's important for someone to take that first step even if that's not the game changing thing i think what it does is inspires other people you know to have the balls and go out and try it too you know um and i think it's it's going to have that effect and it's already having that effect where people are like huh they, Bukele tried that in El Salvador. Well, well, what does that mean? What would that do for us? And even just getting that conversation going and um, having other countries inquire about it and, you know, reach out to other leaders, which, you know, they do all the time and saying, well, how is this going to help you guys? How could this help us? You know, especially for a lot of those countries that are pegged to the dollar in Latin America and who have seen, um, you know, a devastation in their economy and amongst their people over the last, you know, 
you know, several decades. Um, you know, I think it's something that a, a lot of countries in Latin America and, and, and elsewhere are going to look into, um, you know, Africa, Europe, you know, Turkey right now. I mean, obviously, you know, they, they don't want that to happen. They want to keep the, the, the fake game going. But again, game theory is going to take a hold of them and they're going to they're going to see it's like either like devastation or prosperity like at a certain point they have to really look out the window and see what's happening and so what is your sorry q uh what is your strategy i mean through throughout this i mean if we go back to like do you prepare yourself psychologically for the highs as well as the lows or do you just turn a blind eye to the price completely and, and buy no matter what or are you done accumulating what do you you know yeah, what do you so, recommend you know, people I, do I, I continue to accumulate um I, I i do believe in it um and i just buy you know regularly um and i i i feel like um it it's still early like i've been saying i I don't have any major plans on what I'm going to do as far as like selling. My my goal hopefully is to, um, you know, have that available for for when I retire. And and um, you know, there's, you know, I, most of it I can't touch <laughs> anyway. So it's all pretty much protected for my future anyway, and or for my family anyway. So um, I I don't have any immediate plans besides really. Um, saving it long term um so yeah i mean I, i'm <laughs> it's uh i have pretty much allocated uh my future <laughs> into it uh almost all of it so um i i you know i i'm uh i'm i'm, I'm all in with it so i'm not really concerned with anything short term and you know, what, what does long-term mean? Like, I don't know. I think if things start to get interesting a decade from now, you know, like yeah, 10 years from now. Um, yeah. I and, think we'll uh, be looking at a completely different world 10 years from now. Yeah. And I also think people are, you know, like already now certain institutions are allowing you to, to borrow against it. Um, you know, what that, what's that going to look like in two years, five, you know, five years, you know, seven years, like, um, and I don't know, I, I think it's, it's going to be a property. It's going to be an asset that, um, I, I think really is limitless. You know, once people realize that, you know, when they compare it to the other assets that they have, whether it's, you know, gold or real estate or the stock market, um, I, I think Bitcoin's definitely going to be the real winner in the future. What is your Are price prediction? 10 years from now. Like right on the <laughs> 10 years from now? 20, 2032. 2032. 2032. My goodness. And, and I'll, I'll make it easy for you. You can put it in dollar terms. <laughs> okay. The, the, do, the dollar won't exist then, Q. No. That's why I said that. Man, you know, I, I, I don't see any reason why we can't be um, at at $2 million um, easily, you know, I, I think, I think more, you know, candidly, I think way more, but I think $2 million uh, is safe to be honest, like at $2 million of Bitcoin easy. I, I think within five years, but um, I don't know, 10 years, man, I, $10 million of Bitcoin. Why not? I, I, I think, you know, I, I think when you, when you're taking into consideration, just like the bond market um, alone, 
I mean, that if you take a small percentage of that and you put it into Bitcoin, that's already like $2 million of Bitcoin. If you're like, what are people doing with bonds right now? Like, what, what are you even doing? Um, but, uh, and then, you know, you think about those people who, um, you know, you can't, you can't buy, you know, $5,000 in real estate. You know, you can't buy part of a home. You can't buy part of a house, you know, and you get these people that slowly accumulate it. And again, this isn't a national thing. These aren't just like people in like a certain part of the country. This is a global thing. This is a global thing. And, you know, our currencies working out for uh, governments out there and countries out there, or are we finding that, you know, the jig is kind of up with a lot of these countries? Like, currencies are failing left and right and their inflation is a real thing people are revolting and um you know i don't know if they can get it done with physical force but they can get it done with an energetic force with a, a monetary uh type of force a monetary energy and and bitcoin is that answer bitcoin is that winnable fight um for a lot of people and I think when people realize that they can hold assets and they, they could save for their future in a, in a real way that won't be um, touched by others who don't deserve it, who have no place, you know, having a, a percentage of it or taking from it, um, it's, it, it's going to go up and it's going to go up by a lot. Um, countries, major businesses um, are going to be holding Bitcoin and it's what people are going to say, oh, how did we not see it? just like everything else, whether it's the internet or any kind of new technology, people always hit themselves in the head and go, why didn't I see it? How did, how, how it was so obvious. Um, but you know, this is why the people who are doing the work and who are willing to put their neck on the line and have skin in the game are the ones that reap the rewards and others don't, they get in too late, but I still think it's early. I still think it's early. And in 10 years, it will be a completely different conversation and it will certainly be in the millions of dollars. I uh, I always hesitate to ask this question, but I, I'm still interested, but it kind of dawns on me that this will look back like asking someone, you know, do you think your job will use the internet in the future? But do you see, <laughs> do you see yourself working with, within the Bitcoin community, which is still pretty niche, I would say. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the tight community is like pretty niche, no matter how you define it. Um, but, but, but rapidly expanding and growing um do you see yourself getting paid outright in bitcoin in the future or taking on any sort of like pure play bitcoin projects or is it just you know a unit of account and a savings for you and and that's it or i i would love that and and i definitely foresee that i i have you know um accounts set up for people in my family um and you know the goal is, you know, let's say for, for my kids, once they reach, reach a certain age, for them to have the decision to um, to say, hey, okay, this is what I'm going to do with my Bitcoin, or this is what I'm going to do with, with my money. And um, I, I see that for myself as well. It's like, I don't know, now that, I don't know, it's reached a certain point uh, or a certain value, now it's time to go out and have that value create more value and have, you know, businesses created and other entities created. And um, yeah, I, I think um, that's, that's what it's supposed to do. That That's what, you know, preserving value and saving is supposed to do. It's like, all right, now do something with it. Do, you know, put some good out in the world, you know, make some, you know, something that's going to be beneficial for people. And 
Um, you know, and, and of course, um, you know, my, my family candidly, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about them first, but you know, there's so many other things that that you can do and uh money creates money and and i think when bitcoin is able to grow to a certain level i think um you're you're going to see it turn into a lot of different things and a lot of businesses that i'm sure i can't aren't able aren't able to really fathom at this point but um i i think the the space is going to change so much and um i think whether it's creating other businesses and creating other ways for, you know, um, you know, working with other Bitcoiners or whatever it is, I, I would, I would love to be a part of that. And um, yeah, I, I think that um, it's still so early and I think there's so many different uses for it that um, we're, we're, we're not even aware of right now. Heartily agree with you. Um, yeah. Exciting stuff. Are there any, uh, any last remarks on Bitcoin for you today, Kenny? Anything, uh, any burning questions or uh, thoughts about the near future? You know, um, I, I guess just immediately I would say that, um, first of all, thank you to you guys and, and anyone in the space who has been educating people about it. Um, I, I think there are some phenomenal resources out there for people. Um, it's what allowed me to have that kind of conviction and and to be able to get into the space and and um, find some success there and um, and I don't know be inquisitive and have that curiosity and look into it and um, do your research and um, figure out uh, why why big, why people are are talking about Bitcoin the way that they're uh, talking about it. There's a, a tremendous uh, amount of information, whether it's Bitcoin, Twitter, or you know all the uh, uh, amount of um, research that's been done, and, um, and and in a variety of ways. Whether you're talking about you know the philosophy of Bitcoin, you know the technicals of Bitcoin, you know um, you know Bitcoin as a network and getting to the nitty gritty there, and um, you know game theory, you know uh, you know all the different things that are related to Bitcoin. There's so much to it. So I would just encourage people to go out there and learn as much as possible. Um, I've been so grateful to the Bitcoin community for all the info that I've gotten over the years. And um, yeah, never lose that intellectual curiosity. And um, that's pretty much it. And it's still early, man. It's still early. So plenty of time to, to save and, you know, look, look what's going on around you, you know, with inflation and confusion and, you know, all the chaos that's going out there. There, there is a way out. Um, and, and I believe it to be Bitcoin. Absolutely. On that note, thanks so much for coming, Kenny. I'd love to have you on again uh, sometime. It's always great talking to you about MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, Bitcoin. Um, I think our audience is going to love that one as well. So I appreciate it. Likewise, dude. Th thank you, Alex. Thanks, Q. Nice to meet you, Q. Awesome meeting you, Kenny. <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us, man. Yep. Yeah.